this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. Can you guys hear us? We sure can. Yes, we can. Okay. Good evening, family. Father God, we come to you humble before your throne tonight, giving thanks, gratitude, and utmost appreciation with hallelujah for your grace and mercy through this week, through this day, through this moment, through this second. We thank you, Father God, for so many things this week, for just giving us another day we thank you for our health and for all those that are on this call we pray father god that you come into this gathering tonight for bible study to touch each and every one of us that we all participate that we all provide because we all have a we have a testimony to share that will only enhance our studies tonight. Touch the pastor. And just have your way tonight, Father God. And those that are sick and shed in, we, we, we extend mercy and grace unto them, Father God. And we forever give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I wasn't laughing at you, I was laughing at what the Lord was saying to me. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Can you guys hear us? We don't hear you. No, they can hear us. They said it earlier. They can hear us. You guys can hear us? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, perfect. Uh, I want to talk about uh, faith. But he really wants to get a better understanding of what you guys consider the mustard seed. So I started laughing as Paul was praying because he said, obtain better definitions of what a mustard seed is. And so, um, Saida, you cannot speak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Only one on this call that can speak. So, Rashida. And anybody else, what's a mustard seed of faith? Prophet, you can't speak either. Okay. What's a mustard seed? Let me give you my definition before I really understood what it meant. As a young kid, I remember back in the 80s, I don't even know if you guys existed or lived in the 80s, but... Uh, in the 80s, they had this pastor, and I say in the mid-80s, they had this pastor on TV 
that basically uh, created this little necklace and pendant. Uh, you either get a necklace or you get a pendant of uh, a mustard seed. And you can get it for a donation of X amount of dollars. Well, I was a kid that had no money. And they also said if you write to them, you know, you would get it, right? So they first asked for a donation. I didn't have no money, but, you know, I was a kid. Well, anyway, uh, with that, somehow I ordered it. And I got it, and I got it in a little necklace, and I thought I had faith because I wore this little piece of mustard seed <laughs> and kept it with the intent, how would I say, to show my faith on display. So I used to think that mustard seed was something you had to carry around. And, and I kept saying to myself, ooh, I got mustard seed of faith. I got mustard seed of faith. And I thought that's all you needed to have it is in your pocket or, you know, you had it on your body or whatever the case may be. And that was sufficient enough to get through things. And mountain was going to move because I was carrying my face in this little glass thing. Okay, I probably still have it because that's how important it was to me to have this little piece of mustard seed. And I remember, uh, uh, I remember even to the point whereby I, I even bought some mustard seeds so, and I handed it out in Bible study one day because I wanted everybody to have some mustard seed of faith. <laughs> and when I looked at it, it was so, so tiny. So anybody in the old days would have been with me, uh, would have been with me, they would have gotten one of these little mustard seeds because it was a pack of mustard seeds I think I gave everybody because it was just in my eyes, you know, wow, we had mustard seed of faith. So anybody else want to talk about what a mustard seed looks like? My understanding is still it's, it's, it's something so tiny that all we have to have is this little tiny bit of faith and we can move on, you know, we can do, you know, as long as we believe that. Then I would tell myself, man, I don't even have that little bit of faith. The thing wouldn't, wouldn't happen, you know, because <laughs> I thought that I, and I always think that I have a lot of faith because I love the Lord. And, and I just, I just want, um, but that's what I thought it was. But sometimes I feel like, that mustard seed is hard to hard to get, I guess, because we sometimes don't we don't have enough faith or we're not trusting something, but I always thought it was something very tiny because the mustard seed is the tiniest seed there is. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? I've never handled an actual mustard seed. But when you first asked the question, what came to my mind was, whatever you have, how, no matter what size it is, how great or how small, whatever, that's what it is. Whatever you have, I'll say it that way. Anybody else? <clears throat> you guys, that's a trick question that I threw out there. Oh, okay. I do 
So you guys can't hear it. So she's literally saying she got a headache, she was playing, and God was by her. So that's what she's saying her faith is, that God was there in the midst of her headache. Okay? Who am I talking to? Call your name out loud. Okay, so she's talking about her mustard seed of faith, that she was playing, she ended up getting a headache, and God was by her to tend to her headache. That's what she believes her faith is. Okay? I think she's the closest to all of you guys so far. Anybody else? Holding on to what we heard God say. That's the mustard seed. I know what she said. She meant that. Once the Lord already did it, and we must have had faith because we believed it and it happened. Right? No? <laughs> Let me show you guys what a mustard seed of faith looks like. And it starts with my whole entire week. I probably will back you up to the week before. I think I shared with you guys, he knows my name. Last, Sunday, uh, last Friday's message was about he knows my name. And not only is it that he okay, and so in the midst of all that I was going through, I'm a, you know, I'm applying for another position and applying for another position within the organization that I'm in. It's so crazy because. I think all of us go through sometimes that place when we're applying for something different or we have to interview with somebody. We get to this particular place in our own walk and we're trying to make absolutely sure in that place that we're walking that, hey, that they see us. Whoever's on the other end of the phone that's going to interview us uh, with us, we want to make sure that we practice everything, we got everything in order, we know what to say our resume is, you know, we even will go back and forth to overly review the information. I am an individual that when I go for any type of interview, I'm going to pick on people to school me, school me. Uh, I, I do mock interviews with individuals just to make sure that, you know, any difficult question that's going to come my way, I'm able to answer it. So I say, hit me with your best shot. 90% of the time when they hit me with their best shot, I find myself in that position, you know, where I'm overthinking and I'm second guessing myself. And so that was my week. Let me make sure that I fast forward. My interview for this particular job was on Tuesday. But before Tuesday came, I probably worked with Cinnamon and I worked with Saya and I worked with myself and I did all of this extra work because in the role I'm going for, you just can't interview. You have to come with a presentation and a 30, 60, 90 day plan. And you have to show forth all the work you have done in the past and you have to have things that literally speaks to your next role. In addition to that, you have to go and get all the leaders' blessing 
because you have to make sure they're in agreement with you because if it's not your time to promote up, one person can speak against you and automatically shut down that ability for you to promote in the next row. So I did all of that, had everything done, but still I felt like I didn't have this role. And everything on the inside of me was speaking against me because I wasn't trusting God. Now, in the middle of the night, I think it was Sunday night, I went to sleep with anxiety, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to say or whatever. The Lord wakes me up about, woke me up about two or three o'clock in the morning, and somehow he pressed upon my heart to recall every single thing that I could have ever participated in that I led within the organization that I'm in. And I began to jump for joy because whatever was in my mind, I get this brain shut down. I don't know, I overthink, I overprocess, and then all of a sudden everything on the inside of me just freezes. I mean, it freezes to whereby I become that person, <laughs> a deer with headlights when somebody's trying to interview me. And Cinnamon kept doing it and kept beating me. And the more she be was beating me, the more I was falling short. And the Holy Spirit began to remind me all of what I've done and everything. And so let me fast forward. I put the presentation in order. I'm ready to talk to the guy. And I'm talking to the lady who tapped me on the shoulder to, to apply for this position. She literally says, did you send over your documentation yet? And I said, send over my documentation. She said, yes, you don't tell them at the time of the call. You send it over way in advance so that they have time to review it, to have a conversation with you. Oh, well, that's not how we normally do it. So then I rush and I'm in a panic in my rush here, what I'm saying. I'm in a panic in my rush because I'm one of them people that has 5,000 emails that I don't delete, okay? Because I never know when I'm gonna need it. I, I don't trust things, so I never know when something's gonna pop back up and I need to have evidence or something to support what, you know, what I've done, so I hold on to everything. And that meant my mailbox was full, and so I'm trying to send this out an hour ahead. I have an interview at 11 o'clock, and it is now 10-something. Okay, and I'm trying to push Sin, and Sin just won't want to go forward. And so then I got to go through my mailbox, figure out what I want to delete because I'm scared to delete everything. <laughs> and so I finally get the email through. And then we get on the call for the interview. I go into the room, I prep ahead of time, I make sure I'm 15, 20 minutes early. And so then I'm so early that I might as well turn on worship music and start worshiping. So I'm in the office worshiping. I said, I'm just going to turn on music, I'm going to worship. And so I begin to worship and just, you know, give it all to the Lord. The interview starts, and I'm anticipating this man get on. He, he, and we're on WebEx. I don't know if you guys know what WebEx, but it's, it's something that you can actually, it's, it's like Zoom. Anyway. So I'm so excited that he gets on a call that the first thing I just literally say, 
oh my God, da 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 and I spill everything out of my mouth. The man hadn't even signed on all the way. <laughs> and then finally I calmed down, I slowed down. And prior I had had a conversation with Chandelin, and Chandelin said something that was so important that really nailed my interview. And she said simple words such as this. I entered, I looked at the job, I looked at it in detail. I want the job. I know I can do the job. This job is mine. I said that to the guy. He agreed in the interview. And then he turned around and said, how do you want to handle this? You can go over your presentation if you want, or you can just tell me about yourself and go there. He gave me a choice. So all that extra work that I put into this presentation, I had to do it. I didn't have to get on the monkey show to present the presentation. And I was like, I'm going to take the easy road off. We had such a great conversation. And then after, he says, oh, I'm going to pass you on. He says, I will hire you right now, but because I can't do that, I need to go through the process and make sure that I do whatever's right because I don't want to just do this. I'll set up two additional interviews. Okay? Kathy in her flesh. We hang up the call. My mind said, oh, my God, did I do well? I should have said this. I should have said that. Why did I? He scheduled this interview for an hour, and I only went 35 minutes. Oh, my God, there was so much more I could have said. I didn't really talk about myself. What about all that stuff that the Holy Spirit told me that I am that I did not say? Hear me. Hear me. And as I began to go through all of this stuff, and then I began to have these fading fits in front of myself. You know how we talk to ourselves, what you could have said, didn't say, should have said, you know, how it should have went, it didn't go, and all this particular stuff. And then the Holy Spirit said, listen to what he said to me, you guys. He said, your faith is in your ability to pull this off. He said, your faith is not in me. He said, the mustard seed that you've been holding on all this time can't grow unless you release it to me. He said, I'm the one that moves. You're not the one that opened doors. So it's not about my ability to ace a interview. It's not about my ability to be well prepared. It's not about somebody telling me what to say or what not to say and how much I rehearsed of all of that. It's about my faith and my trust and belief in God. He opens doors. And not only is it that he opened doors, he wants our faith to be in him and not in us or in a mustard seed. And he was really making sure that I understood what that really means. I still haven't given you guys of what the definition of what a mustard seed really means. Because if you really understood it to that extent, 
and you applied it in your life, you wouldn't be in the position we, we would not be in the position that we're in to where we're still challenged. I even went as far as basically asking the question to the sense like, why did you call us top quality faith ministry and we ain't going to never seem to get to a place where our names become something that we walk in? That's not true even because our faith is in him and not in our ability to become who he wants us to become. We have to trust him in this process. And so, again, I hope you guys get me. It's what God says. It's what God says about the situation. It's not about best practices. It's not about rehearsing. It's not about anything. It's when God tells you something, you hold on to what he's telling you. And what he's telling you is what's going to come to pass, and that's what you're standing in faith and believing. It's not some things you throw up in prayer, or it's not when a pastor says, oh, gosh, all of you guys are going to get a harvest, and it's going to look like this. I'm not saying that there's not times where God does speak in that particular aspect, but you have to really take the time and put all your hope, everything concerning whatever you desire, into the Lord. It cannot be in on anything other than the Lord. And so as I was going through this process, I knew this was a, a, a way to get me to understand that I needed to mature in my faith. And what I recognized that when he's looking to take me up a notch, he knows that I will share everything I've learned with you guys so that you can go up a notch as well. And he began to show me how I managed faith in the past and the way I managed faith in the past. If I didn't get what I want, I copped out, I fussed, I a fit, and a host of other things that I did. Even to the point to whereby I became that person that became self-sabotaging against myself. And many of you guys operate in that place when you don't get what you desire you become that a person that self-sabotizes everything and then you become a victim you know well god doesn't do this this doesn't happen for me everybody else moves and 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 that's the way you entertain the devil and so i'm gonna stop before we go to matthew 17 and again ask the question what does it mean to put your faith in Jesus? Believe that the Lord will perform his work. Say that loud so you can hear. I said believe that the Lord will perform his work. Trust in God when yeah. Trust trust in God when it doesn't seem like it's gonna work when it work when it works out, but you still trust in and believe in that it's going to even when it all the chips are against you. So, Aida, what do you think about that? What does that mean? You said, "What does what mean?" The last thing that she just said. No, putting your faith and hope in Jesus. What does that look like? Um. Putting your hope and faith in Jesus is, it aligns with what she just said, 
actually, I, I 100% agree with what she just said. It's like, we don't look at our own merit and our own ability to um, do something. We're putting our mustard seed of faith. That mustard seed of faith is because we are having faith in Jesus, not in the, not in faith of um, our own ability. That's what it looks like to me. Like talking, what I get is that we have to just know that it's going to happen because he said it's going to happen, and that's it. We can't be like, like on the fence, like, oh yeah, maybe, or no, no, maybe not. You know, we just have to put everything on, on him. We just don't, we can't be um, undecisive and thinking, oh, I didn't do good enough, or I messed up, I didn't say this, you know, because if he's, if we really believe that he's doing the stuff that he said he's going to do for us, he's going to do it. If we say that he's going to do it, we just have to know that he's going to do it, and that's it. It might not be in our time, but he's going to do it. Mm -hmm. You got that. Anybody else? Mm -hmm. Speak loud enough. Okay. Um, Louder. Oh, as everybody was talking about it in the question. Louder. Oh, okay, the question was being posed, and as you guys were talking about it, my first thought was like, when you can't have faith in anything, in anything else, and it just seems, um, you, I guess you want to put faith in something else, but nothing seems stable enough to reach out on to and grab onto, even in your heart or your mind. And then you just say, you know what, this is what I remember about God. Uh, I'm going to pray, I'm going to worship, and I'm going to ask him and get intense about it and then wait till he and watch him move because he, he's, he's a God of his word. I'm speaking to this a lot, and I'm just speaking from experience because I couldn't sleep well. <laughs> and I had to ask God to do something, and he helped me see a verse that obviously hurt it many times over, but it was an encouraging moment where I was like, God is literally about what he said it's about, and I can trust what his word is speaking. Okay, so you guys, Holy Spirit said to me to ask, what gets in the way of your faith? For me, waiting. Unbelief. Not being patient. Let's get some way, you guys. These are good things. What else? When you're when you get upset or you get you get mad at God, basically that, that definitely gets away in your faith. When you get upset, when you don't get your way, then you then that gets in a way of believing and having that faith in God. Anything else? Um, when we go through like tough circumstances and we don't believe that it's like where we should be, um, we start questioning God, that definitely gets in, in my faith. Gets in the way of my faith. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I look at other people receiving things first, and then I start to question like, okay, well, when am I going to get this, Lord? <laughs> when is this going to happen? Like when, like when I, I feel like fear, a lot of times it's fear, and the second thing is like, I feel like I'm not good enough. Okay, so I want to make sure. I'm getting myself when we shouldn't. Amanda's on the phone. When you're looking for something greater, and I know there's Michael. When you're looking for something greater, Amanda, I know you're going to teach this. Uh, I know you're going to teach this, but can you share a little bit about that? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I can I can share. Um, are you talking about this the seed part we were talking about? Yeah. Uh huh. But I know uh, you're going to teach it a little bit more in detail. Yeah, in in simplest terms, as I'm wiping my son <laughs> out of the tub. <laughs> so forgive me. <laughs> um, and I would have been there, but I just, I'm getting over a little bit of a cough. But what we were talking about was, um, like you were saying, Pastor, you're taking something as small as a mustard seed, but you're putting it in Christ. Like I see he's the soil that we're putting it in rather than putting it in a thing. Um, but what he was showing me was about how when a seed you know, Billy was talking about on Sunday about a seed dying and having to to allow, like, in order for new life to sprout, you have to die first. But what um, the Lord was showing me even further in that is that there's different seeds with different types of coatings. Um, and a lot of times the, the seeds that have some of the greatest, uh, you know, biggest trees that come from them, like sequoias, uh have the toughest coatings and the toughest um outer shell that needs to be broken in order for the the trueness of the what's on the inside to sprout forth and so sometimes that outer coating could be our stubbornness um where where God is asking for us to allow him to break us and to break off the things that we've been holding on to that we think are valuable, like everything Pastor was saying about what she thought was valuable about her interview process, and that sometimes we're going through these trials and things that seem very challenging, and he's trying to get us to to let go of that outer coating of all the things we think are pretty and important um, and allow what's really on the inside of us, which is his spirit, our spirit conjoined with his to come forward because that's what's going to bless the world and that's what's going to bring change and that's what's going to bring the promise. And so the in order for that to come forward, we have to allow the seed to be um uh to be germinate to germinate in the soil which which is really just allowing water and um oxygen to reach the inside so it, it that that's when we're planted in him when we're planting whatever we're believing for in Christ and we're allowing him to uh breathe life into it that that's the process of allowing that mustard seed to grow. Is that help what you wanted me to say? Yes, more than enough. And what about some of the seeds? Um, what about the different types of seeds? If you can give me an example of one seed or two seeds that looks a little bit different. Yeah, I was, I was saying to um, Pastor earlier where you know, when she asked, like, with us as top quality faith ministries, I'm like, gosh, how why is it taking this long for us to be broken? 
and and to fully surrender and fully understand what it means to to be planted in in you and and see these fruits um am i just not getting it after all these years after coming here and what he showed me was well what are you asking for <laughs> because these seeds all have different genetic makeups like you know a mustard seed is going to make a mustard plant it's not going to make um an olive tree you know so we don't have to try to force something else for who, who we are and what we're created to be but um sorry michael hit me but um it's like a bean a bean is a very very penetrable very thin seed coating and you put it in some water it'll sprout very easily but like it's a bean and he's like well why you're asking me the things you're asking for and believing for and that you desire for yourself and for the world and you know the prayers we pray like send me to the nations and and god use me to change the world and these big ways and bless me and all these promises he's like you're 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 trying to be a sequoia tree you're asking for the biggest tree which is you know one of the biggest redwoods um in the world and the only way a sequoia can sprout is through fire if you look it up the um the seeds do not get released from the cone without a forest fire <laughs> so it's the fire the fire has to set the the cones ablaze and they are then they release the seeds and then the ashes um come to the ground and are this perfect blend of minerals that the seeds have to be planted in it's like this very pure mineral soil in order for a sequoia to grow and so some of the reasons why things have not produced is because of our tough outer coating and and truly allowing the lord to to penetrate and to permeate with his oxygen and his water into our souls and allow what's on the inside of us to truly come forward and no longer value that outer coating. But then there's others who we've just been asking for really big things and wanting and believing and 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 hearing promises from God that are are great promises. Um but that's a different process than a bean. And so then we get upset when the trials come and when the the fire comes, but then he said, "Well, then just ask to be a bean. <laughs> don't don't ask to be a sequoia." And you guys get that, right? Because many of us go to these places to whereby we have this desire to be more than just that person that comes to church every day. Well, sometimes that being is that person just comes to church every day. They're not looking to do any heavy looking, lifting. They're not looking to do any more than what they're currently doing is to basically say, Lord, I love you. And for those who really want to do more, they're asking for more. So that means you've got to go do more. And that waiting process may look different from you, for you, than that waiting process for that being. And that being will sprout quickly, 
but your faith is going to take a little bit more time to nurture, and God is the one that's really causing your faith to grow. And so it's never going to look like what we think it's supposed to be, and our faith requires us to put it into practice. And so when God says something to you, you got to believe. You can't overturn it. You can't toss it back and forth. You can't question it. You can't doubt it. You have to stand in what he's telling you and leave it at that and and not be in that position where you're going back and forth because what you're literally saying is an un, a, unstable man, uh, it, uh, I mean, one who is unstable, he's unstable in all his ways. And that's where all your ways have been unstable. And when you really look at it, you live an unstable life. You're not really sitting in that place of faith. And so it never gets to that mature place where God is seeking for you to walk. And he said, he said, say to the people, wake up. Now, where do I go, Lord? Can I add one more thing? Of course. Um, Because this is also what he just showed me is, uh, you know, he's, you know, again, I was joking, like, why not just be a bean? But whatever the seed, wherever the seed came from, and whatever genetic makeup is in that seed, that is what the seed will become. So it doesn't have to try to become a sequoia tree. That is what it is. And so what I would say to myself and to those listening is like, you know, God has planted you here for a reason. And like, he knows what's on the inside of you. And someone had mentioned, sometimes we get disappointed when we compare ourselves to others and we see other fruits and things happening in their lives. But I think one of the things is if we, we just stopped looking at other people and realizing we're set apart for a reason and who God has made you to be is this sequoia tree, whether you like it or not, he knows what's on the inside of you. And so it's like, he, he knows what he's doing and it's really just trusting him through the process. We don't have to try to force ourselves to think bigger or have bigger dreams. Like this is who we are. And I, I believe this is who we are as a church, which is why we have the name that we have. And so, so just that, that, that is who we are. And it's just about trusting him through that process. And and that's the most important thing that he called you into this place. He knows who you are and we have to trust that he knows who you are. So last week we talked about, he knows my name. And if he knows your name, then you got to trust that he's going to work things out on your behalf. But in order for him to move, you got to believe in him. You cannot be in that position where every time things don't go according to your will, that you sabotage everything that you know about him. You have to be in that place where you're trusting him no matter what. It's never going to look like what you think it's going to look like. It's going to look like what God wants it to look like. And that's where we find ourselves in that particular position. You know, uh, one of my coworkers uh, at work, you know, she contracted uh, 
what a, a a virus, and that virus is taking over her body to whereby, you know, she has kidney failure and a host of things. And three weeks ago, I was in the office talking to her, having a full blown conversation. Uh, she had been with the company over 30 plus years, 30 plus years, and she's only well, 50 something years old. I'm, I'm speaking of her as if she's not here anymore, but she's still, she's still somewhat here. She's in a coma right now. And, you know, at this particular point in time, you know, uh, after work today, I got off and I went to go visit her and going to visit her, you know, when the hospital asks you for your ID in order to give you a, you know, a, a pass to go through, I found myself, you know, handing my ID over, but I was shaking like never before. And as I began to shake, you know, I was looking in a sense like God's not in control. And so when I put my ID back in my wallet and I didn't know what to do, did I go there and actually cry or do I go and encourage her to go home? And so when I walked in the room and I could see everything there and I could see the face of her mother who was 86 years old and her sitting on the other side taking it with full joy, it made me walk in and literally change my disposition because I knew God was on the throne. And it had nothing to do with my opinion, whether she stayed or she left or whatever the case may be, it was God was on the throne. And he was in charge of that vessel. And there was nothing I could say outside of what he would have given me to make this vessel come back. And I recognize in the midst of all of that, no matter what our flight is, we got to trust her. She didn't contract a, a disease unbeknown to her. It was it, it's the way God chose to end. And the funny part about this person, I pray with her every single day I seen her in the office. If I seen her in the office, she would stop me and say, hey, let's pray. And her prayer was, every day, they're going to fire me. Every day, they're going to fire me. Every day. For 10 years straight, from the time I met her, she was saying they were going to fire her. Yes. And in return, I, I, I literally said, girl, you cheated the system. You thought they were going to fire you, and you checked out. You retired on them and didn't even give them a chance to even do anything. Because if she had came back to work, they would have rolled her up. But she never got it on her record. And so the awesome part about it is they never did anything. God kept her all this time. And I was sitting in front of her saying, Nancy, you got the coolest way of looking at this. And as I was just talking to her and celebrating, I said, girl, and you beat the system. You get home before me. I said, the conversations we had about heaven and what would we do, you know, when we stand face to face with him, 
I said, I mean, you get to be face to face before me. And I thought my conversations weren't going to be sorrowful, but my conversation was joyous because I know who he is. Not joyful because I know who he is and I know what he do. And I have complete and total faith in his ability to take care of not only her, but me. She wasn't in that bed by no, uh, some unknown reason. God knew she was going to be in that bed at that particular time and that the world, the whole organization within ADP is popping in to say how great she was and how amazing her faith was. And the son is literally saying, I just sit here waiting for people to come in so I can hear about my mom. He says, I don't have the time to be sorrow because so many of these people are coming in and telling me about who my mom is. And I said, oh, my God, look at her face. It's activated in all of us. This woman didn't go to church. But she believed in God. And every day she prayed the same prayer, Lord, don't take my job. And maybe she doubted. Maybe she probably second-guessed him. But in the end, he still did what he was supposed to do. He protected her job. And so when Amanda says, if you're supposed to be this, then you're going to be this. If you're supposed to be in this particular place, you're going to be in that particular place. If you're not supposed to be in these particular places, you won't. But no matter what it is, you've got to trust God in your flight. And when he says something to you, don't doubt it. Don't go back and try to overanalyze it. Don't go and say, such and such move first, and I've been waiting longer. He has a process. You probably want to be a bean, but you may be a bigger tree than what you think you are. And as Amanda was talking earlier, and, she, and we were having this conversation, and I thought about this particular season. You know, I don't know if you grew up in a household where I grew up with elderly people. They always had nuts and candy around this time. Nuts, fruits, and candy. I, I just never got it. You know, you would have nuts, fruit, and candy. And I can remember back in them days trying to crack some of them nuts. You hear me? And especially the, yeah, you would put it in your mouth and try to bite it as a little kid, and it just wouldn't crack. You would even stop it with your shoe, okay? With your shoe, okay? Or you would hit it with a hammer trying to get that nut to break, and some of them wasn't in its rightful season, so you could not break it. And some of us are not in our rightful season, and we're trying to break through the things that God has promised us ahead of time. Hopefully you guys just got what I said. You can't break through whatever it is ahead of time. It's not going to open. It's not going to crack. It's not going to come forward in its rightful season. It's going to come, I mean, in your season, it's going to come when God says it's time. Exactly. 
I'm reminded of uh, David's journey in the, in the Bible. King David, that's his whole journey. Like, for the moment he was in this field serving the Lord where nobody was watching, God was watching, God was seeing his heart, and then God anointed him, called him for 17 something years later. He became king <laughs> after fighting for his life or running. And he never had to build a kingdom from Saul. He never had to kill Saul to become king. He didn't have to do none of that. God just saw his word through and made him king in his timing. And, so. <laughs> and that's the key. God saw his word through. And a lot of times we're trying to push his work through to get there faster. And even if we got there faster, we wouldn't know what to do. We would lose it. And so that process that he sends us through is a process to mature us so that when we get there, we don't mess it up. But we want to mess it up and then turn around and say, oh, God, help me. So we don't want to mess it up. We just we just want to get there. <laughs> and then they go on damage control. Which is correct. And, and, and I think That's we... Right. Yeah, I love what you said because I think we think God likes damage control. Yes. You know, he brings us into a place, we mess it up, and then he's like, let me clean it up. Let me clean up, Lord. I didn't mean to mess it up. And then he's cleaning up like he likes to clean up stuff. Again? He wants to see how That's our analogy. <laughs> Yes, that's our analogy. So I had Prophet to be quiet for a while, so I now I'm coming to Prophet. Prophet has a mug to see. Prophet has a mug to see the thing. <laughs> oh boy. Um mustard see the faith. One thing about the terminology uh, used in our in our scriptures is there's a lot of symbolism in it and it has so many levels of meaning for me mustard seed faith is the total or totality of my commitment to the Lord because scripture clearly states that faith works by love. So my commitment to the Lord in loving him, learning him, being in his faith, being a disciple would trigger things to work. Because God did not really make this hard. We're the ones making it hard. But the mustard seed faith is my commitment to the Lord. Am I going to constantly look to him, believe him, live for him, be uh, accountable to others and to him? And that that's the lesson I was taught was how much is my commitment. Am I going to be discipled so that in my walk that mustard seed is being grown up by the Lord 
as my commitment to him continues in this journey. Can you go into the word? What am I reading? Matthew 17. You can go on to the enduring app. Yeah, okay. Verse 20. Um, 17. Yeah, I, I would have to start at 17. <clears throat> Um, Jesus easily cast the demon out. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind of this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Um, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? There is a sense that Jesus is frustrated with his disciples. His season of ministry before the cross was coming to an end, and perhaps he felt frustration that the disciples did not have more faith. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. Jesus delivered the demon-possessed boy instantly. What was too hard for the disciples was not too hard for Jesus. Because of your unbelief, Jesus laid the inability of the disciples to cast out the demon at their unbelief. To be successful in a battle against demons, there must be trust in the Lord God who has complete authority over the demons. There are some things which are obtained by a stronger faith and by more fervent and imp impertinent prayers than others are. A mercy sometimes seems to come to out of the hand of God with more difficulty and wrestling for it. There was no point in blaming the boy or his father or the demon Though the demon was strong and had been there long, the fault lay in the disciples. When the ministers of the gospel find their endeavors with respect to some places or persons ineffectual, they should come by private prayer to Christ, humble themselves before him, and beg to be informed whether some evil in themselves have not been the cause of the unfruitfulness of their labors. If you have faith as a mustard seed, the faith that we must have has more to do with what kind of faith 
it is than with how much faith there is. A small amount of faith, as small as a mustard seed, a very small seed, can accomplish great things if that small amount of faith is placed in the great and mighty God. Little faith can accomplish great things, but great faith can accomplish even greater things. What matters most is what our faith is in, the object of our faith. The eye cannot see itself. Did you ever see your own eye? In a mirror, you may have done so, but that was only a reflection of it. And you may, in like manner, see the evidence of your faith, but you cannot look at the faith itself. Faith looks away to itself, to the object of faith, even to Christ. You want me to stop? No, I'm just making sure that they, uh, you guys understand that, right? So when faith is not looking to repeat it again. Okay. If you have faith as a mustard seed, the faith that we must have has more to do with what kind of faith it is than with how much faith there is. A small amount of faith, as small as a mustard seed, a very small seed can accomplish great things if that small amount of faith is placed in the great and mighty God. Little faith can accomplish great things, but great faith can accomplish even greater things. What matters most is what our faith is in, the object of our faith. The eye cannot see itself. Did you ever see your own eye? In a mirror, you may have done so, but that was only a reflection of it. And you may, in like manner, see the evidence of your faith, but you cannot look at the faith itself. Faith looks away to itself, to the object of faith, even to Christ. Okay, so you guys get it. It's not something you can see. It's not something you can measure. It looks away from itself. So it's not looking at what I believe in. Well, I believe God can do this. And that God, God himself. And I think that's where, how would I say it, Lord? Did I say that correctly? Give me a second. Let me say it according to how I hear it. He said, you must say this to the people. He said, many of you have stood in the place where you believed. And when things didn't go according to what you believed, it should. And when things didn't go the way you expected to go, or it should have went. Uh huh. He said, "You, 
didn't go back and examine me. It's like we examined God and said, well, God, why did you didn't happen? And why this didn't happen? And what if you went back? And Precious, if you go back up, I love how he was saying, when it came to casting out that spirit, he literally talked about what was uh, their lack of faith. But he also talked about what they were dealing with within themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys heard that when she was reading that portion. It was what they were dealing with within themselves. So Precious, can you go back and find that part? Yes, it's letter A. Um, it says here, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? There is a sense that Jesus is frustrated with his disciples. His season of ministry before the cross was coming to an end, and perhaps he felt frustration that the disciples did not have more faith. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. Jesus delivered the demon-possessed boy instantly, and what was too hard for the disciples was not too hard for Jesus because of your unbelief. Jesus laid the inability of the disciples to cast out the demon at their unbelief. To be successful in a battle against demons, there must be trust in the Lord God who has complete authority over the demons. There are some- so we, mm -hmm. Hold on, we must have complete trust in our Lord God who has complete authority over anything that you're dealing with. It's not just the demon, but anything that you're dealing with, you have to have complete and total trust in him. No, no, that was just about casting out a spirit. I give you guys something that happened on Sunday, and I don't know uh, many of us touched this particular woman. And anybody that touched this particular woman, I believe Anita and, and I know for sure Bradley touched the actual woman. But in touching this particular woman, it was like if your chest hit her chest, it felt like something was coming through her chest at you. And I remember touching this particular woman and I felt something reach out on the inside of her and try to hit my chest. And so immediately I, I began to say, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And as I began to say that, I didn't say it out loud, but I said it loud enough for that spirit in her to hear. And I literally did that. Instantly, whatever was in this particular woman, she took a complete fall back to like she, her whole body went backwards, backwards, but she was still standing. And whatever it was immediately cut, let me loose. And I then had to walk away and say, Lord, what was that? And at this particular point in my mind, you know how we said we're not prayed up or fasted enough or whatever. And the Holy Spirit said to me, it is not whether you're prayed up, you're fasted or whatever. He literally said to me this time, because he told me what type of what type of spirit. He said, this one comes out with fasting and prayer. 
But as he was saying to me, you know how we say, I ain't touching that because of this, but I ain't touching that because of that. He said, your faith in me has to be consistent. It cannot waver under difficult circumstance. And that's where we find ourselves when the things we face, we tend to pivot in another direction or go in another direction because of the fact that we're just human. I'll say it that way. Yeah. We're just human. And <laughs> and in that particular place, God really wants us to trust him no matter what the situation looks like. And so when he's saying that your faith has to be completely grounded and resting in him, you can't look at the situation itself. And I think this is where we are because we're so busy looking at the situation, such as I was beginning to tell you about my interview process and all of this stuff. I was thinking that this PowerPoint presentation had to be everything that it needed to be in order for me to get the job. And the Lord said, it ain't about your PowerPoint presentation. It ain't about whether or not you do well when you're selling yourself across here. It is, if I open that door, you need to trust me. I open that door. You need to trust me. Yes. Yeah, and in the midst of it, he said, if you put your best foot forward, then that best foot is what I'm going to move on. Mm -hmm. And if your best foot forward looks shabby, and it's the only thing that you have, you stand in that shabby result, and God still will move on your behalf. Mm -hmm. Because it was still considered to be, in your eyes, your best effort. And God's literally saying that's how he moves because your faith is in his ability to move, not in somebody to give you something. And there's been so many times that I've been on an interview, I'm looking for them to recognize me, and the Lord basically said, you got to trust me. <laughs> it's not about them recognizing me. It's about me trusting what he says about it. Uh, this is Anita. I just want to ask him something. Can you uh, explain deep to me? Like at the time in the Sunday, you pray for her, the woman, and then you tell, tell to uh, touch the feet. And the time I pray for the feet, I feel something uh, inside, inside her. And then uh, she start she start uh, uh, hug me, and I feel something she took from me, and suddenly I feel like a little bit like a week, and then breath uh, pray for me, and breath say to me, Anita, don't take it a drop, dropping everything for inside her, and I I drop, and I feel strong again, and after that. Uh, just come like my faith not you not you control i control inside me for you so i feel like the second i pray for her i feel the strong of the lord and i believe because the the place our church inside everyone pray for like uh i feel like everybody cover cover everybody 
that's what I'm looking. But that's like a different level for me through experience. What we are must ready, even something come to inside the church in the spirit. That's true. Can you explain deep to me, Pastor? This is according to our seat. I believe so. <laughs> I'll I'll talk to you about that later because it'll take us way off the message. And so yeah. remind me on Sunday to uh, pull me aside and I'll go over it. But because that okay. one would take us so far off that uh, it would it, it just it's not something I can answer right now. So I will answer you, but not at this time. Okay. 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 So precious, can you go back? Um, yes. Uh, this is letter C. Um, no, actually letter, well, anyway. There are some things which are obtained by a stronger faith and by more fervent, impor- important prayers than others are. A mercy sometimes seems to come out of the hand of God with more difficulty and wrestling for it. There was no point in blaming the boy or his father or the demon, though the demon was strong and had been there long. The fault lay in the disciples. When the ministers of the gospel find their endeavors with respect to some places or persons infectual, they should come by private prayer to Christ, humble themselves before him and beg to be informed whether some evil in themselves have not been the cause of the unfruitfulness of their labors. Did you guys get that? Did you guys get that? So when you're seeing something going forward, and it's not just when it's casting out spirits, but if something something didn't go according to whatever it is, mm-hmm. you go back and have a conversation with God. Get understanding. And as you gain the understanding, then you'll be able to move forward in your flight. Because sometimes we find ourselves being in that place where we'll keep trying to do the same thing over, or we'll flip it, we'll turn it, we'll go sideways, but we never stop to ask God, what is this really? Mm-hmm. We never stop to get gain wisdom and understand what we're looking at or even understand why it turned out to be as such. Because it's it's something that we just don't do. And the reason why we don't do that is because I think we think sometimes we have the solution. But you have to understand when you don't gain the wisdom, all you're doing is setting your your spirit man up for personal attack. And that personal attack, 90% of the time, the enemy will whisper in your ear and say something, and then all he has to do is whisper one time, and then you start that personal attack against yourself. You guys seen it, right? You do it. Yes. And, and what he's trying to get us into that place where we move with understanding and we know exactly what he's doing. Amen. And if God's looking to do something, He's going to make sure you are aware of what he's doing. There's no secret. A lot of times we think everything is a secret, like God is doing something and he ain't going to let you in on it. 
Prophet, can you speak on that? God is doing something and he ain't gonna let nobody in on it. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> he does. Cause he because you're his you're first of all, you're his servant and he he definitely wants to work in conjunction with you. Um so it's it's not like he's hiding it, it's that are we gonna be aware and that's where that trust comes in that he is he he's not only there but he wants to use us he wants to use each and every one of us in whatever the situation is and so yeah we we have to expect that there's haven't been much said about are we expecting God to work are we expecting God to move be expectant be expectant that he's going to not not just because his, of his word, but because his spirit is there with you, and he's definitely for you. Hold on, let me ask Prophet another question. So if okay. I know he's for me, then why do I always think he's against me? Mm. Now, that, that <laughs> whoa, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> That's, that's an area that hasn't been cleaned up or cleaned out. Maybe I should say it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier when I said it's, it's a walk of commitment, the word disciple is a disciplined follower. So that would be discipline and father, I'm, I, I have a weakness in this area. Help me mm-hmm. and then believe he's going to get it out of you. As I said, God is looking for the best. He's always looking at us as the best. And now we need to see what he sees. And we that will occur when our trust is built in him, built, built upon his word and, of course, upon his spirit and fellow believers who support us. Did you guys get that? Uh-huh. I can't ask you another question. Why do I feel I have to help God do it? Uh, that's that humanness in us, that humanity part. Um, that that again, actually, is a hindrance. Some sometimes we know it, and sometimes we just don't know it. We're blind to our own our own activities, and again. The Spirit of God is so loving, and he'll remind us, especially if we're listening and hearing him, he'll remind us that, okay, son, okay, daughter, this is how we're going to work this. And he'll say, we. And if you want to help him out, if he if he talks to you like he talks to me, he'll shut that down before we get anywhere near it. He'll say, what are you doing? He will. Mm-hmm. That's his love. He's he's not he's not against us. He is for us. But he's also for us so that what's in us can be taken out of us so it can just be him in us. I have another question he told me to ask. What about you've been believing for some things and it never seems to come forward? What do you do? I'll I'll say what I've done. I, I I don't know if this is universal. I've actually gone back to the Lord and said that I'm disappointed. 
I'll, I'll be truthful. And I said, is there something in me? Is there something I've missed? Is there something that I'm to continue to learn because it's not the proper season for me? And I will go back to him, even in tears. And I'll say, God, what didn't I not confess? I, I will actually go through a process. And after a while, I, I'm seeking his peace in the matter. Because, see, I'm not in peace when, when, when things have, let's take three years, I'm just for, for conversation purposes. I, then I need to seek the peace of God in that. So that I can be, because I'm out of balance. I'm starting to move into out of balance, and I don't want to move into out of balance because now I've, I've, I'm struck. I'm telling my faith, forget it, and I don't want to tell because I'm telling God, well, forget it. I don't want to do that. So I'm, I'm ex- doing a self-examination before the Lord. So I can gain peace and continue on, because I need to learn to trust Him even in that. I I totally agree with that. A lot of times I find myself doing something similar to you, um, but I find myself in that particular place where I'm crying out, and the first thing I recognize that. I, I, I deal with deception, and I don't know, uh-huh. you, know okay. I yes. don't know if you yes. guys run into that place. I deal with deception because a lot of times my own flesh will deceive me. Oh. And in that place where I'm crying out, I know that I'm in a place of deception. And I really plead with the Lord, asking that he aligns me back with his spirit and allow me to come out of the place where I'm deceiving myself. Deception to whereby, so if I'm deceiving myself, that means I heard something, I thought it was God, but it really wasn't fully God. It was some part of me mixed in there. And God probably said probably about, hello. And the rest was me. Okay, I'll say it that way. And I'll go along the path, assuming in the beginning that it's God. And I'm going to walk it all the way through. When I get to the end of that journey, and it's not what it's supposed to be, then I automatically come into a place and I start crying out. And I deal with the spirit of deception first. And I ask him to... Help me to see the areas where deception came in and how I played a role in it. Do you get it? How I played a role in it. And then he shows me myself and shows me how I stepped into the place of deception. At that particular point, then I will ask for forgiveness for my partnership with it. But then I even go further and I, re, I, I can't necessarily say I do remind him. I remind him, I remind myself, he will never leave me nor forsake me. 
And in the place where I'm feeling deceived and I'm feeling like I missed you, I then ask for his help and his comfort in that place and immediately his peace comes over me. And where I was in that place of deception, all of that is washed off of me. And then I can go forward in him. That doesn't mean I pick up that same situation. I just go forward in him and he begins to comfort my heart in that place. And that's why I always say, the Lord's banner over me is love because he has helped me where I don't deceive myself over and over again. <laughs> and so I, I walk through the same similar process that uh, Prophet is saying because you have to deal with it. But again, if you look at what scripture said to go back to him to gain understanding, you go back to him and not only gain understanding, but you really understand truly where you've been walking. And God, of course, correct that when you surrender. Surrender completely. Exactly. I would love to say our response would be, forgive me, Father, but it'd probably be more towards an anger at first, or I don't get it, God, I don't get it, I followed this type of thing. Mm 
And um, what we have to do is calm our soul down because it will raise up, raise its head up. He told me to ask another question because a lot of times we say that we're stuck. <laughs> what does that look like when somebody says, I'm stuck? Like nothing's happening. I'm stuck in the same place. Oh, gosh. You know, that just may be a clue to uh, several demonic attacks. One of them, as you've already stated, Pastor, deception. Um, for whatever reason, um, also an impasse. That is, we we've been praying along this this particular line, and we don't know that that there's more to it than just praying. God wants us to physically do well, mentally and physically do something, and we don't hear Him. And so the stuck part is is that. Uh, we have literally started to pull pull back away from God in believing his word. We haven't asked him for a refresher course, which is simply, God, this is what you said to me. I, I wrote it down, God, this is what you said to me. And so I'm saying it now. What what am I doing or lacking in doing? Or how do you, how shall I approach it now? Because you use the word realignment, and we can unalign ourselves from God. It's so simple, so easily. So it, it's it's a, it's it's where we got to pay attention to what our what our words are. It's paying attention to what God's words are, and are we following Him despite what our physical eyes see around us in that situation. Hold on, listening, asking another question. Got one more question, Prophet. He said, when a word goes forward, and the person receives the word, but their own interpretation is over what they're receiving. So if God says to me, (laughs) you are blessed. You hear me? And all of a sudden, I think in my mind that he's telling me to go forward and do something else. And I'm following after what I heard. You are blessed because I interpret you are blessed differently. How does that hinder us? You guys got that one, right? Prophet, you got that one, right? Oh, no. I, oh, I got it. I got it, Pastor. I'm just seeing how, how to respond to it. It's it's sad. Okay. I have to do with, with um, 
experience. Let me, before you answer it, before oh, you answer okay. it, let me say it like this. I give Josie a word. And in that word, I says, God says, da 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 And you say, okay, thank you, Pastor. I love that. But what you heard was something completely different than what God said. Yes, yes, yes. And you yes. go forward in what you heard, making sure I say that. What happens in that? Man, you're talking about a twist and a turn in your walk. For a time for a time in the season, uh, Pastor, I've actually seen the the faith of believers go downhill for a while. Not not completely to zero, but just go downhill because they were so excited over the word and they and they called their friends and they say, You look this is what God said. Now, that's the truth that I unfortunately I've seen in my life. Here's the side that 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 troubles me that I wish we could convey to believers, from new believers to those who've been there in in their walk for 40 years. Ask God, just totally at the end, pray and ask God, is is this what you're saying, Father? You know, talk back to Him. He, the Holy Ghost, is ready and willing to speak to us because yes, I've even interpreted wrong hearing it. But now I know, I know to at when I hear a word, I take it in heart and I said, "Thank you, Lord." And then I'll take it in prayer until I hear the Holy Spirit say, "This is what it, this is what is being said to you." But I don't believe many of God's people do that. We we run off headstrong and misinterpret which leaves us open for for enemy attacks starting with ourselves and then getting other people involved and that's it's it's, it's sad uh but yeah we should we should ask at the at at some point in time take it to prayer god this is what i heard you say write it down record it and but is this what you're saying to me cuz the holy ghost will make it Plain to us. So anytime we get something from anybody that says anything, we right away, as soon as they say it, before like as we're driving or leaving, whatever, Lord, give what you meant. Yeah, yeah, give what you meant because my Spanish and their English is two different things. The reason why sometimes we walk into a place where we error is because. We're not listening to the person. We're just excited that we got a word. We're excited we have what? Uh, we got a word. And a word, like, a word, a word. that God spoke something to us. And we're standing listening to the person, and we're not listening to God. And we hear something, but we, we walk away from the altar, and we can't even say what the person said. <laughs> <laughs> The Lord, like when the Lord says he's going to give me this house and he's going to be like this, like this, like this. And you get the house exactly the way he said you were going to get the house. You, you, you know that that was his word. You know that that was his word because that was his promise to you. So when you like say, um, like he says, like 
I'm gonna give you kind of I, I don't know, but something added to there, and you or you start adding stuff because you need that. That's not. Also, you could have used the perfect simple example. God says I'm healed. And something about me just uh, continues to look at it from a different perspective. I feel pain. I feel like he didn't heal me yet. Right? Yeah, you know. I asked him that question. I asked him also, you said you healed me. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be like not believing or trusting. But if this pain, I truly feel it, Lord. I truly feel this pain. I mean, I don't want to be like telling people that that I'm healed, but I feel this pain. You know what? What I mean, how how do you how do you get that get it over with that or believe it or trust it? Because I'm telling you, I feel I'm just waiting to answer. Okay, I'm waiting. Why <laughs> <laughs> would you heard the question, right? No, I, I'm I'm okay, good. My I'm, question I'm, is. Okay, the, the Lord told me lots of times in his word was different that he healed me. Okay, he told me that he healed me. But okay. I feel this pain. I mean, I feel, I mean, I feel the pain. I, I asked, and, and I really believe that he actually me. I'll tell myself, oh, you have healed me. Even if I feel this pain, Lord, and I could still walk and I could still do these kind of things, you must have healed me, but I don't know why I feel this pain, but I really want this pain to go, Lord, because I'll talk to him like, I want this pain to go, because I still feel that I have to go get a shot because the pain is so, I can't sleep at night, I can't, I mean, it's like, this is what I'm feeling. Is it, what, I mean, what is that? How, why am I, I believe that he did, but I'm still feeling the pain. So, Prophet, the Lord said, where does the mustard seed of faith lie? I'm not fully believing. It, uh, in our hearts. Then when she's feeling pain, where is it? Where is it residing? Where is it? In my knees, in my back. I'm saying. Okay. My back. My faith is in my faith, is it because I'm not trusting him because I believe that. I mean, I've seen him do miracles with my dogs. You know, I've, I've seen him do miracles with my husband. I've seen him do, you know, healings, awesome healings. I, I, I ask him, Lord, you really did that. You really did this. I mean, you, for me, huh? Who am I that you really answer these prayers for me? But then myself, I can't be telling the people he really healed me and then I'm feeling all this pain because then I'm feeling like, Lord, am I lying because I'm feeling this pain? What is going on? Have, okay. Right there, Josie. Mm-hmm. Asking those questions. Are you sitting still to get and to receive an answer? Because God I does answer. I'm in too much pain. Is it because I mean I I it's quiet the house what is about dark. You don't have no, no. Are you are you allowing time? 
for responding to the Holy Ghost. Repeat it. Uh, I mean, I hear what you said, but I don't understand what you mean because I've waited a lot of time. No, 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 no. Okay, let me let me try let me try it another way. Okay. I'm hearing you share about having miracles in the family, your, your husband, the doll, grandchildren. I'm asking you, have you allowed yourself, Josie, from all the things that happen in your daily life, have you allowed yourself time to sit with God, the Holy Ghost, because he is very, very faithful. And regardless of you've seen healings around you, have you allowed for him to speak to your heart, to comfort you in this pain situation that you're facing right now? I guess not. I'm not, I'm not feeling that much, not, but I feel like I am. I believe that I do. Okay, the reason I say, this is the reason why I'm saying this. God doesn't keep us in the dark, cut and dry. That, that, now, what, why are you having pain? I don't know, unless he reveals it. But I'm asking you on your part, I know he will answer you that will bring comfort to you whatever that response is but i'm asking you as a person who learned this that i'm going to set aside my life to hear from my maker now i don't know how much time that is because i don't know but I do know when you turn to him, and I mean turn, I mean full face turn to him, and you are expecting not a phone call, not a text message, not a knock on the door. You're expecting him to hear from him. You will. He'll make it plain, clear, concise. Totally true. Totally Does that make sense to you, Josie, what that looks like? I probably can say it from a different place. You know, a lot of times I look for, and I know you do the same thing, I literally say, you know, we're at a conference or things such as that. I say, Lord, they're over here telling everybody to get up in these lines and get prayer and somebody touching them. And I said, I don't want to ever be chasing after men, and I don't think I ever have to beg men to, to, get, to get something from you. And I said, so Lord, you can touch him right now. You can heal whatever it is right now. I don't need a word from somebody else to confirm something you already, I know you can do. So I literally talk to him in the moment and I wait for him to respond to me in the moment. And I have an expectation in the moment that he's going to say something to me. So in that moment where you're having the pain, in that moment where there's an issue going on, you have to have the expectation that he's going to say something that's going to bring forth an understanding of why that pain is there. A what? 
Why that pain is there? Why the pain is still there? And then allow him to speak to in, to you in that area that there's some instructions that you have to follow, or there's something that you must do. You got to carry him out. Because a lot of times I feel like if he does it, there should be nothing that I have to do because he's going to just do it and I'm not going to have to. But your faith still grows when you activate it. And so God wants something from us in order to help us see that he's able. He don't want you to just sit back and I think that's what we just say, Lord, fix it. There's times where he just fix it, but then sometimes he wants your involvement. He wants you to participate in your blessing. Amen. And I know that sounds funny, but he does. It looks like he's talking to me. I want you to activate your faith. I don't want you to get your focus in on this document. This document is not going to open the door. I want you to activate the faith that you have in me and watch me move. So I have to present that faith. And so in my interview, I said, I want this job. This job is mine. And the guy said, oh, yeah, I just got to get one person to approve of it. Oh, wow, is that easy? And so I, I got a different response out of him. What I expected him to say, oh, I still got five people I got to interview. But instead, he literally said, I just don't want to make a decision without making sure that I have two others, uh, somebody else to check. Do you mind if I have some others to uh, interview with you? And I said, no. So that literally allows me to see that what I said, I activated because God told me, go in and possess it. Don't go in there and say, if I qualify, go in and possess it. And so sometimes you got to possess that healing. You can't say maybe so, if you will, or whatever, going to do it. You got to possess it. Somebody was here, may say something? Oh, yeah. Can I share? Oh, can you hear me? I was yeah. just, sorry, I don't know if someone else was talking. I was just going to share a really quick example that. Um, I wish I listened to more because it's very simple. <laughs> Sorry, but it's funny because we all do it. Um, Pastor Joseph Prince had said before that he had a headache. And the Lord said, you want to come to me and I'll talk to you how to get rid of the headache. And he told, he said, oh, yeah. And then the Lord said, jump up and down 12 times. And he said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But he did it in faith. And by the 12th time, his headache was healed. And so the next time he got a headache, what did he do? He jumped up and down 12 times. (laughs) Or more like 40 times. And God was like, get a good night's sleep. You're lacking rest. And it just reminds me of how we, we always put our faith in the thing, like this is what we're talking about. And and because we put our faith in the thing, which would be, okay, I'm going to trust God and jump up and down, that result is what is affecting our faith 
fluctuating and going up or going down based on results of us doing something. And so that's why our faith has to be in him and not in a thing and not in, in a performance. And that's, that's when we get tossed and turned and then it, and then it messes with our faith and diminishes our faith so that it struggles for us to even believe God in the first place. And I think that has been demonstrated over and over in the church to whereby, well, I want to do like pastor does. I want to do like this person does. We look at individuals who are thriving in God and we try to mirror them instead of having our own personal relationship with him. Mm. You know, I remember when I first met Prophet, I was like, oh my God, Lord, this guy is amazing to me. I said, I want everything that's on the inside of him. And you know what the Lord said to me? Study. Study. I said, no, I don't want to study. <laughs> Just touch me and give me everything on the inside. Study. That's too, that's too difficult. I need it now. <laughs> and the answer was still the same. Study. I'm still chasing after the prophet. <laughs> and God still the same word. Study. <laughs> get it? And so when I study, the word will change. Do you get it? That's what she said. When you study, the word will change. So it may be something else. Okay? Every single doctor, when they give me the shots, they always tell me to stretch. That I gotta stretch. I do all the, I could do exercises, like, but I never stretch. Don't tell me stretch. You need to stretch. Everybody says that. You know, like that, that guy that's on the roof or whatever, and, he, and God's telling him, you know, he sends a bowl, he sends the airplane, he sends all these things throughout him, but he never gets none of them because he keeps on thinking that God's just going to pick him up and take him or whatever. And I guess that's why I'm thinking right now, the Lord, we build this to you. <laughs> what, what's that? What do I for the Lord revealing to me now, you know, because I've had this, this pain for a lot of years. I've had five back surgeries and I've had all oh, So I'm just saying that the Lord is changing people, all these people, all these different doctors. When I go get shots, when I go get my um, anything that I go get, they'll stretch. They give me these papers. I mean, I got so many papers about stretches, they can never get the Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do all this stuff, but he doesn't want to. 
none of those stuff, and he ends up dying in the absence of the Lord. Why did this happen, Lord? Why did I? I gave you a boat, I gave you a car, I gave you a man, part about it is you stop to give an answer and that's the key we have to stop as, as prophet said he'll answer us if we choose to listen and so you stop and automatically your tears dried up and, and, and he gave you a solution but we have to take the time to get that solution and and, and I, I love some of you guys when you give me the same answer over and over and over again. And, and, and I literally say, Lord, why is it that they keep coming with the same answers over and over and over again? Do you just keep giving the same answer to them? He says, for some, they get the same answer because they never do nothing with it. Get it? And others, I change it up because they moved the first time, but they're still looking for the same movement. And then he even went as far as basically saying, and some of them, I don't give an answer to because they already know what to do and they won't do it. And then he says to me to ask you, which one are you? I'm, I'm at the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> but then I still. I cannot be all three of them. <laughs> 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 because sometimes we're all three of them. Because sometimes when we're on the prayer call, I'm like, Lord, I heard that last week. Oh, I heard that two months ago. Oh, I heard that three months ago. Why is that person still getting that same answer? And it's so beautiful, and it's believing, but it's the same answer. And then I say, well, what happened that these people keep getting the same answer? He said, there's no activation of their faith. There's no activation of their faith. He said, one more time, there's no activation of their faith. I tell you guys about a story about my husband, the Holy Spirit just said. My husband believes that there's a coupon for everything. If there's a discount, he will find it. And he will use that discount in any way he can. And the Holy Spirit begins to show me like he goes searching through magazines and all kinds of stuff to get that discount. He goes through newspapers, he goes through everything. He even goes through the trash can 
to get a discount because he knows people throw away valuable coupons and stuff like that. And he <laughs> makes it a point to get that. Yeah. Listen to what I'm saying. He puts the effort in. And many of us will not do something that looks like it's foolish to get the results that we're desiring. Did you guys get what he said? No. Prophet, can you say that in another way? Oh, let's see. Um, The efforts that we put in to follow uh, the directions of the Lord, we will yield the results that he has spoken to us or promised us. He He's always looking out for our best. Always. Okay, so let me say it again. My husband believes in coupons. He will go out of his way. Listen to what I'm saying. Because a discount is important to him. And he may look in a magazine. He may look in the newspaper. He may look in the next door's neighbor trash. He may even go to a grocery store and see what they have left on the table. He may go in a restaurant and, and look for a coupon. But he's always searching. He never, ever stops searching. But the Lord is literally trying to say to you, you can't give up when the first thing don't pan out. There's always another avenue. And you have to trust that there's other avenue. And and in that place you don't give up. He said, repeat it again. In that place you cannot give up. And so when he says he looks in the newspaper, he looks in the grocery store, he looks in the alley, he looks in the trash can, he looks in here. He's literally searching out. So his faith is always what? Active. Where our faith becomes inactive, we don't get what we want, what do we do? Shut down. I'm done. I'm done. I ain't doing that no more. And that's it. It's just like what you just went through, Josie. This pain is all over the place. And then all of a sudden, you sitting there crying, and he gives you an impression of stretching. But in essence, you've been shut down in that area. And God literally just revived you because. You start searching when you heard the word. The key is we got to go back and we got to begin to put 
our faith back in motion. What you just did, when you did that and you got the answer, you put your faith in motion. And in return, he spoke to you in the area that was necessary for you to hear something. So God, as prophet said, is always speaking. We got to be willing to hear. You know, and then we wonder why we always get the word trust. He just said to me to say to them, trust. Prophet, why did he say trust to us so much? Because we it hasn't gotten through our thick skull yet. And that's what he's looking at. Repeat <laughs> that? Okay, he keeps saying trust to get it through our thick head because we're not trusting him. We don't have that confidence in him. Because we're one of those three things that you said. Right? Yeah, one of the three. And maybe all three. I know I do all three. I go back and forth and I waver in my faith. And, you know, because when I see my husband looking in the trash cans and when I see him doing that, you know, I, I think you guys know uh, there's rewards now rewards points on everything and so to get you to come back to a place they give you a reward point and the more reward point you collect you get free food and so my husband literally says they don't throw that in the trash <laughs> my husband had over five hundred dollars over five hundred dollars, probably more than that, in El Polo points because people would throw them in the trash. And he would just go to El Polo and just eat for free forever. He didn't buy food. He knew that people would throw them in the trash. Not only did he do that to El Polo, he did it to Taco Bell. Anything that had it, and his faith was in people's ability to overlook a reward. Listen to what I just said. The enemy is always looking for you to overlook your rewards. And he's always looking for you to trash it. And he comes along and picks up things that you're unwilling to believe in. <laughs> and then hold it against your God in you. He puts up a fight to make you believe that God ain't who he is. And the reason why he's so successful at what he does it's because we're always pouring it in the trash. Mm -hmm. 
It's too difficult. Let me throw that away. It's not it's not heading out the way I want. Let me get rid of it. I don't need anything that I gotta fight for. You throw it away. Prophet, why do we do that? You know something? Evidently, we don't have confidence enough in in the Lord to uh, exercise what He's spoken to us and actually have give have already given us. Wow. He reminds me of a vision years ago, and we'll start wrapping up, you guys. He reminds me of a vision years ago that when Prophet first taught me to go into the storeroom and see things that God had, and I'll never forget, I had this crazy dream, and I went into the storeroom, and I began to see all kinds of stuff just in the storeroom, like it was just like it would be like somebody rented a storage place and they had all these elegant things in the storeroom. And I literally was like, Lord, what is this room? What is all this stuff within this room? It was valuable stuff. And then it was just little simple stuff like entertainment set. I remember French Convention furniture, all kinds of crazy stuff that was in this room. And I began to stare at that. It was like entertainment set. You know, like somebody wanted an entertainment set. There were dogs. There were bicycles. There were a whole bunch of stuff in this room. I mean, tons of stuff in this room. And they were all material things, but then there were even things in that room that had to do with healing. It was all kinds of stuff in that room. And I asked him, why was it such a huge warehouse? And why was all this stuff in these places and it wasn't handed and given out to the people? What do you say, you guys? What do you say, you guys? What could you think he could have said? What do you think he could have said? Robert, what do you think he could have said? The, pe the pe people did not believe it or they hadn't stayed in faith, exercised their faith to draw it from that place, that warehouse, uh, to the planet Earth. There you go. All our needs. No, say that again, Prophet. Okay. People did not people did not exercise or gave up on their faith to believe to bring it out of that warehouse down to the planet Earth. You guys got that, right? President, you got that, right? I got that, yes. But it's not about how much money you make. It's not about 
when I, I'm ready to buy that home, it's not about the best uh, price or whatever in the interest rate dropping and all this other stuff that we put into it. It's about your faith. Absolutely. It ain't about waiting for this job to come along or that person to da-da-da. It's about you exercising your faith. You guys got that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Papa, say it one more time. Okay. <sighs> the lack of having the things God has provided for us, because he says it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom, is that we either lack in our faith or we just give up to where we're we're not capable or able to draw from the warehouse, the storage house, and bring it to materialize here on this planet, Earth. Prophet, I'm seated in heavenly places. Yes. How can, yes. I, how can I not draw it? How come I cannot draw it if I'm seated in heavenly places? It has, hey, there it is. Again, what mm -hmm. do what are we believing for? What are we believing in? What mm -hmm. are we believing for? Well, yeah, we are in heavenly place. That is definitely scriptural. But are we functioning our faith or exercising our faith in the heavenly mm -hmm. to draw us yeah. into this planet? Mm -hmm. There you come. Did you guys get it? Mm -hmm. we still focus faith is the evidence of things unseen and we still focus on the scene so start to exercise our faith and then we get moved by the scene because there's always opposition I want to say to you guys again what the Holy Spirit told me to say to you guys, and I want you to really hear one more time. And this time, listen with the intent and understand what the enemy does. Listen with the intent. I told you guys a story about my husband. Mm -hmm. I said, the first thing the Holy Spirit showed me, him looking through a magazine, he's taking the coupon. <laughs> then he showed me from the magazine, he showed me a picture of a newspaper he's cutting out. Then he showed me, like, coming in the mail, he's taking coupons. But then he's not only taking the coupon from the mail, He's asking the mailman to give him coupons, which should go to your house. And the mailman is giving them because he knows that they throw them away. Oh, my God. Okay? Mm -hmm. He then goes to important places that he knows that people were going to throw things away, and he collects what they throw away. Even though you think I'm talking about my husband, but I'm really talking about how the enemy works against us. Exactly. He goes to these 
places where you at, and he knows that the first time something negative comes and it doesn't look like God's moving on your behalf, what is he doing? Collecting because he knows you're going to throw it away. Mm-hmm. You may have even pulled it down to the earth. But you don't have the wisdom to possess it, so he mm. takes it. And the Holy Spirit says to me, Your eyes are open. Operate in faith. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to you today. Your Uh, eyes are open. Operate in faith. Robert, anything else before we close? Nope. This has been a this has been good, Pastor. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because as you were just as you were sharing that last part, Pastor, the Lord was showing me how. I've been giving away my prized possessions and the Lord was just likening it to diamonds and rubies and all types of jewels and whatever other sparkly things um, and how the enemy has just been like, oh, I'm going to take that from her too. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. Oh, she threw that away. I'm going to take that. <laughs> he just has all my all my treasures, and I'm like, no, I'm about to get that back. Mm-hmm. Because he goes around looking for where you're dropping it off. Mm-hmm. So why do you think they came up with these stupid movies? Mm-hmm. Do you not get it? The Grinch. Do you not get it? Nightmare Before Christmas. What do you think this is coming from? Okay, he's literally showing you what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You think God doesn't know where these people came with these things? They literally see it to some degree and they mm-hmm. brought it forth on the earth. You know that Disney had a, a movie that was coming out and they shut it down that this princess married Satan and had a child that was intervening. It's like, it's insane. Disney is not Disneyland. It's, it's like... We know. We know. We already know what sorcery is. Evil. Yeah. Satan with Disney? Yeah, Disney ain't Disneyland. Never has been. <laughs> you got to clear. We know. Sad but true. Okay, sad but okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay, so. Hammer time. Yeah. Father, we thank you for this time of 
inspired by study, Lord, we were able to take in your word and take in your truth and to be refreshed, Lord, by your word. I pray that your word just really stays with us, Lord. We meditate on it, we take it in, and we activate it, Lord, that we activate our faith that you have given to us this evening, that you have restored in us this evening, and that we go forward, Lord, being top-quality faith ministry, um, and your vision for us go forward, Father, in your name, Jesus. And we just thank you for each and every person who attended Bible study tonight. We bless them, Lord, in your name, Jesus. And we pray for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can I can I speak one thing before we leave? Oh, just because I'm speaking this in faith for myself, as you guys have heard, I mean, since Sunday, I've been um, coughing uh, to where Pastor even recommended I go to uh, urgent care at one point, and they said it was just going to be time, and I have to just kind of wait it out, and I'm not doing anything wrong, but everything I've been doing has been trying to pull all the stops in making sure I'm drinking the right fluids, getting the right sleep, taking this medicine, not taking that medicine. And even as we were talking, I was like, okay, so what do I need to do? And the Lord saying to me that there's nothing I need to do. Um, It doesn't mean I can't do something. Like if I need to grab my inhaler, I can grab my inhaler. But to just keep my eyes on him and I saw him just standing before me and saying you are healed and just keep your eyes on me and I've felt a a release in my lungs even as I've kept my eyes on him so I just wanted to confess that in faith and stay there trusting that I will have a good sleep and that I will be (laughs) there on Sunday with everybody but that this will cease and that um, I can keep my eyes on him and not worry about performing or doing the right activation or not doing the right activation and and whether i take medicine or not take medicine i'm healed amen thank you jesus thank you have a blessed night everybody good night good night good night good night thank you If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.